0: Welcome to Taft Talks, a podcast from the modern law firm. In this ongoing series, Taft Talks Probate, Minneapolis private client partner Bob McLeod discusses hot topics and timely information surrounding private client litigation for trusts, wills, guardianships, and conservatorships, and more.
1: Welcome to another edition of Taft Talks Probate. I'm your host, Bob McLeod. And today we're going to cover part two of intestate succession. Remembering that intestate succession is how your estate is distributed if you die without a will. In part one of intestate succession, we went over what a surviving spouse will receive. Now in this situation, we're going to cover what's distributed if there is no spouse, or if the surviving spouse does not receive everything. We're going to see what the heirs get after the spouse or if there is no spouse. Again, I encourage you to get out a pen and piece of paper so you can write down some of these charts and understand how these statutes work together. Because It is tricky. You need at least two statutes. and actually gets even more than that. But at least two statutes to start to figure this out. But let's get going. Now, again, in Minnesota, the applicable statutes now become... Now, the surviving spouses statute, recall, was 524.2-102. It's a very short statute, but it's actually kind of hard to read through to figure out all the scenarios where there's a surviving spouse and descendants. But now we're turning to the descendants. What what do the descendants inherit and in what shares? It starts with 524.2-103, but the problem is the word representation. The word representation is used in 524-2103, three times, or three distribution schemes. But each time the word representation is used in each scheme, it has a different meaning, which makes uh, the statute kind of hard to read. To understand what the word representation means, you have to look to another statute. So we're going to look at those two together to figure out how an estate is distributed if there's no spouse or how an estate is distributed when we're distributing the half of the estate that doesn't go to the surviving spouse. So once again, I'm going to ask you to take out a pen and paper and here's what I want you to write down on the pen and paper. I want you to write down the letter A. And that's going to represent the decedent, the person who's going to die for us. You have the letter A. Then underneath that letter A, spaced out a little bit, I want you to have room for the letters B as in boy, C as in Charlie, D as in dog. So letter A's descendants or children are going to be letters B, C, and D. And then under the letter B... I want you to put two more letters E and F and under the letter D I want you to provide the letter G as in God. So I want you to have created a family tree with A on top and the children are B, C, and D. Under B they have children E and F and under D is the letter G. That's the family tree we're going to work from here in uh, some of these scenarios. So when a decedent dies, and there's no surviving spouse, the estate is first distributed to the decedent's descendants by representation. And you read that statute, you go, okay, but what does that mean? What does that mean by representation? And that's where you have to go to Section 524, 2-106, paragraph B as in boy, and that paragraph shows you how to divide the shares when the decedent dies but has descendants. What representation means in this context, when the decedent dies and money's going to descendants, what you do is you count up the number of living people, living children, more to the point, You count up the number of living children and also count the number of deceased children who have living children of their own or living descendants of their own. So let's work through our example again. If A is our decedent, I want you to assume that child B is dead and child D, as in dog, is dead. So if child B as in boy is dead and child D as in dog is, is dead. So now if we add things up, we say, how many living children are there? There's one, child C. And we say, how many deceased children who left descendants? Well, child B left E and F, so there's one, child B. And then you go over to, to D as in dog, and they say, oh, child D had a living descendant too, so that's two. So how many living children are there? One. How many deceased children with descendants? Two. So what's one plus two? Three. So now we know we're going to divide our estate in three shares. These shares are distributed to the various family lines of B, C, and D, because those are the lines we're counting. In share B as in boy, that child gets a one-third share. But since they're deceased, that child's one-third share is distributed in equal shares to grandchildren E and F. So E and F get one-sixth each. Then we go to child C. If child C is alive, which this person is in this case, that child gets one-third. And then we go to child D. Now D is also deceased. And D has one descendant, child or grandchild G. So grandchild G gets a one-third share. Grandchild G gets the deceased parent's one-third share. So one-third is split among children B, C, and D. Child B shares split in equal shares among E and F. C gets their own share, and D's share is given to the sole descendant G, one-third. Just as a quick example, let's say child D, is in dog, died and did not have child G. So let's say D died and did not have any children or descendants. Well, then it would be distributed. You'd have how many living children? One. How many deceased children with descendants? One. So you'd say, okay, the estate is split in two shares. Child C gets one half, and child B's one half share is divided equally among E and F, so they get one quarter each. Mm -hmm. So E and F get one quarter each, and child C gets one half. And so that's how the shares are distributed going down to the decedent's descendants. That is, the decedent's children and issue of deceased children, or grandchildren, depending on how you want to describe the relationships.
0: Thank you for listening to Taft Talks. If you liked this episode, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with the modern law firm. This podcast provides general information related to the law. Taft Talks is not providing legal advice and does not establish an attorney-client relationship. The opinions expressed on Taft Talks belong to the individual attorneys on the program and do not necessarily reflect the firm's position. For questions and comments, please contact podcast at taftlaw.com. Additional information about Taft can be found at taftlaw.com.